This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. It's Tuesday night and it's the one and only the award-winning Fight Disciples. We're back. We are talking about Merseyside's fight scene and right now it's absolutely electric. We're bouncing off the weekend where we found out that Callum Smith's opponent in the World Boxing Super Series is going to be Jürgen Bremer. We're hoping to hear whether he's going to be home or abroad for that fight. It looks increasingly likely he's going to end up going to Germany. But we had it was all happening in the boxing scene. We had AJ down in Cardiff, everything else. But Listen, I wasn't there. I wasn't in Cardiff with AJ. I was here. I was at the Echo Arena. I was with my brethren because we were having an inc- another incredible night with Cage Warriors. It was Cage Warriors 88. It was a double world title fight. Top of the bill, Chris Fishgold retains his lightweight belt for the third time. Young Molly McCann on the undercard had the place absolutely bouncing. It was a great night for Merseyside Sport, but wasn't better. Listen, doesn't even come close to what a night it was for my guest today, the man sitting across from me in the studio, the new Cage Warriors, middleweight champion of the world, Lee Chadwick. Welcome to the studio, my mate. Thanks a lot. Good uh, to see you. How does, uh, how does that feel? How does that sound? It sounds amazing. Um, still hasn't sunk in yet. Um, just, it's crazy um, what this year's become for, um, for me winning the title. Yeah, at the start of the yearly, obviously the cage, the, the opportunity came with Cage Warriors and the, you know the opportunity to fight on the cards and everything else, and you made that move over. And I remember seeing an interview with you pretty early on. You were saying, "This is great. This is what we. This is the career opportunity I've been waiting for to get on a big promotion like this and hopefully put a run together." But at the start of this year, did you did you even envisage by the end of the year I want to be champion of the world? In my head, this is the goal I've had all along. The beginning of the year, I thought get a couple of good wins in. Um, Big wins against top fighters convincingly and hopefully give me set me in good stead for the title at the end of the year. So it was as as planned, but um, didn't expect it. Didn't expect it. It feels amazing. Yeah. I think for someone with the story like yourself, you know, we were talking about it then just before we came on here. You know, I, I was at your, your fight at Cage Gladiators years ago at the Olympia and, you know, obviously be, being a fight sports journalist from this city, I've covered your journey and it's been a rocky road, you know, there's been plenty of ups, there's been downs, there's been moves here and there and then, you know, switching camps and everything else. It's, it's been a real journey that you've been on. To come here now, it, it kind of feels... It feels even even more like you deserve it, you know, because you've had the bad times. Do you know what I mean? You, you've not just rocketed straight to the top. You, it seems like you've put your dues in to get that piece of gold wrapped around your waist. Yeah, it's been it's been a long haul. Um, a few changes in camps and um, changing my team around. Finally, got the right people around me, and um, feel good going up. Upwards, onwards and upwards now. Yeah, what was the... Um, obviously, I was there on Saturday. I was saying to you earlier, I don't sit... When a cage warriors come to Liverpool, I don't sit ringside. I like to sit up in the stands with a beer with a few of the lads and, and enjoy it. Similar to going to Anfield these days, I like to sit, sit on the cop rather than sit in the press box because, you know, I want, it, I want to get that opportunity to enjoy the games. But So... The weekend, I was, you know, the atmosphere was great. Last time Cage Warriors came early in the year and Paddy was on everything, it was it was mental. The atmosphere was amazing. Then first round finish for yourself, stole the show in my opinion. But the, again at the weekend, no Paddy and people saying to me, oh, the crowd won't be as up for it because Paddy brings in all the kids and he brings in, you know, the party basically. But I tell you what, the party was there on Saturday night, make no mistake. 
Yeah, it was good. The atmosphere was amazing in there on Saturday. Um, all, all the lads getting behind the local fight, it was brilliant. What is it about Liverpool at the moment? I, I, listen, I know we always support our own, but there seems to be something going on in this city, in the MMA scene. Um, not just not just the Cage Warriors, but you know the, the, the greater picture, Darren Till and everything else, but more specifically right here at the Echo Arena, it feels like this city is like on the cusp of something ma- massive in terms of mixed martial arts. It is, it's growing all the time, you can see it in the city. Um, a lot more people are aware of MMA and a lot more people are into it. It is, it's, get, it's getting bigger and bigger. There's loads of, uh, again, loads of kids in there the weekend, loads of gangs of women as well. I don't know whether that was the Molly McCann effect or what, but the, the, the crowds are so diverse compared to when you go to watch boxing. I know you're a big boxing fan, you go to boxing all the time. The boxing fans, it's pretty solid demographic, isn't it? You're talking like 21 to 45-year-old male. But yeah. when a cage warrior's at the weekend, it's completely diverse. It's a good mixture. It's a good mixture of everyone. It's good to see. Whole families are going to watch it now, which shows what sort of a sport it is. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think, it, why do you think families seem to accept mixed martial arts? Because a lot of the kids now, all the gyms are doing MMA, so it's everywhere. It's on your doorstep everywhere now, so everyone's getting involved. Yeah. Obviously, kids, uh, you know, a lot of kids don't get into boxing, but, you know, when I was a kid, I tried judo, I tried karate, I tried later-in-life Thai boxing, everything else. Maybe that's what it is about mixed martial arts. Everyone can kind of relate to the sport in some way because, as kids, most kids put, you know, a a pyjama suit on and roll around on mats in various types of martial arts. Maybe that was how they can relate to it. What was your journey to to get into MMA? Let's go back to, you know, when you were a kid. How did you first get into fight sports? Um, I started off Greco wrestling. There was a wrestling club around the corner. Um, A guy called Tony Collins used to teach me. Where was that when you grew up? Um, on Wilson Road in Heighton. So, um, yeah, just started doing a bit of wrestling, then got into kickboxing, and then moved on to Thai boxing and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and just spiralled from there. At what point, at uh, what age were you when you thought, you know what, I really fancy making a career out of this, I want to I wanna compete, you know, can you remember your first fight, was it amateur or...? Um, my first fight was semi-pro when semi-pro was up then, um, and it was headshot standing, not on the ground. And yeah, I had a few semi pros before I went pro. Like I yeah. think I was nineteen or twenty. And even at that stage, did you have it in your mind then that you were you were going to go go for the pro game? I was just hoping for the best, going in, testing myself, and taking it each fight at a time, and just enjoying it. Yeah, putting You're... the training to the test. Of course, is that what it is with you, Lee? I always obviously your physique is unreal. It's it, it, it's bonkers. I get to one eighty five. <laughs> But every time I, you know, on your Instagram, on your on your social media, you are always in the gym. You yeah. live in the gym. You're the you're the atypical gym rat. It seems like you can <laughs> just can't get you out the gym. Is that what it is with you? It's just like that drive to push yourself. It is, yeah. Even out of camp after the fight, I have I have a week off max, and then I'm straight back in the gym learning whether I've got a fight or not. Because the time to learn is after the fight when you can relax and just enjoy your training. Yeah. The uh, I want to come on to that a little bit later about more like your motivation and stuff. But let's go back to the fight at the weekend. Obviously, Victor Cheng, a little bit of an unknown quantity going in because you know he, he had this talented run early in his career. Then he seemed to stop MMA. I don't know whether he retired or he had a few years out with an injury. Then we've seen him the start of this year bounce back with a, a win over Leroy Barnes, yeah. and suddenly he's back in the title picture. For you. As someone that obviously faced them on Saturday, did that put you in a disadvantaged position because you didn't have much up-to-date tape to look at? 
Yeah, we didn't know what he was going to come out with or what he'd been working on or anything like that. So it took me a while to get into the fights. That's why I come out and felt felt it felt it out for a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot of people in the crowd, like a few of the lads I was with, were like, "Oh, here we go. Here's Lee. Don't blink." Don't blink. <laughs> and then as the first round progressed, he was like, oh, there's something wrong. There's something wrong here. And I was like, well, maybe he's just having a look, you know. Yeah, and and yeah. that's kind of how it played out, you know. I think on most people's scorecards, you, you were down after the first two rounds. Yeah. You know, you come back into it in the second round, but you you, you were certainly down. Uh, and then obviously came on strong in the third, in the fourth. And then the fourth round, you know, it was close early on, but then you got that amazing slam yeah. and everything, which uh, I think swung it for the judges and everything. Going into the third round, were you panicked? Were the corner panicked? Did you, were you aware that you probably lost the first two rounds? Um, no, I didn't really think of it. And I didn't feel like I lost because I didn't feel at a disadvantage. I just felt like I was working him out. He was getting a few more leg kicks, but I was just um, feeling him out and applying the pressure slowly as the fight went on because I knew it was a 25-minute battle and I knew he'd done his homework on me. I knew he was. He thought I was going to go in for the early finish. Yeah. Um, so he was prepared for that. Yeah. So I didn't want to burn out too early while he's waiting to bring me on. So, um, yeah, just felt him out and slowly applied my pressure and my fitness um, bit by bit. And as I kept coming up, he began to fade near the end then. Yeah, after, you know, after two first round finishes, though, back to back, to go into a title fight, to have the maturity to go, OK, I'm just going to look at him for the first round. I'm basically going to give the first round away. I'm going to see what this kid's got and then he can feel what I've got. To have the maturity to do that, 10 years ago, you couldn't have done that, could you? No, no, that's it. Ten years ago, you'd have gone, I'm flattening everyone here, I'm just going to flatten this kid as well. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, that would have been <laughs> <any> mentality. <laughs> so, with that said, do you think, you know, you're sitting here now with the belt on, you know, sitting on your lap and everything else, it's amazing, just just seeing you with that belt, it feels amazing. Um, do you feel like you've, you, you've had to go on this journey to get to where you are now? Yeah, I feel it's brought me on as a fighter and conditioned me um, mentally and physically. I've had that many fights, I've fought on that many shows and I've been through that many fight camps. It's just matured me in my game so I can use my brain a lot more now. So I, I do know when I need to step off the gas a little, when I need to put it on a bit. It's just a, it's just a man game in there, it's a game of chess. Yeah. It's not just about brute strength and running in and banging. It's, it's sometimes you've got to use your brain to win a fight. Yeah, big time. The um, your your team obviously must have been over the moon. Let's name drop a couple of a couple of training partners and coaches that you would now. Obviously, the the new team butcher, if you like. Yeah, I've got um, my head coach um, Darren Morris. That's head coach of ASW. Um, he, he that's he Atherton Submission Wrestling Atherton Submission Wrestling yeah, yeah. he um, devises everything like strategy game plan ground tools um, how to strike standing up and everything so he tells me everything I need to do or work on um, I've got a boxing coach Gary Crickson um, who trains me in Raynell and Forge Fitness he, he just works solely on my hands and footwork and I've got a um, Thai boxing coach Alex Foreman um, who's got a gym in Mazda, called Mazda in Kensington um, go down there and he works on me kicks my knees, my elbows and distancing as well so I just put it all together Yeah. Do you train jiu-jitsu with anyone? Are you, are you a gi grappler? Um, I, I do grapple in the gi sometimes but mainly um, no gi no yeah. gi, submission wrestling as well we're um, specialising up there Yeah. but um, we all, we're all good in the gi as well so sometimes we throw the gi on sometimes it's no gi Yeah of course, who's the, who's the sparring partners you've got up there at the moment then? Um, we've got like Kamatakaru, um, he's a 
really good grand guy. Um, he's done a bit of MMA, but he's a um, really good grappler, um, black belt level. So um, we've got Jack Grant, Mike Wilkinson. Um, there's quite a few people. Martin Prestejo, um, Musha Zlani. There's, there's loads. We've got really good grand fighters, stand-up fighters. Jack also fought on Cage Warriors on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Did That's you see right. him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a first-round finish. Yeah. That must be a real buzz about the gym at the moment. Do you feel like at the gym, are you like one of the elder statesmen now, one of the you know the the, the veterans, if yeah, you like, kind yeah, of thing? So yeah. it's kind of nice to put them all back in the place and go, yeah, look, here's the veteran now coming back in the I gym with the, yeah, exactly, yeah, with the belt wrapped <laughs> yeah. around his waist. Yeah. The um, the weighing at the weekend, obviously, you needed a second trip to the scales. Mm. Looking at the size of you, obviously, it doesn't take a genius to work out that you are obviously tight at the weight. Yeah. Um, is is one a five? You know, is that something that you've got to now address? You know, was it too much weight? Is it too much of one thing, or did your weight cut go badly? Or no, everything went right. It was just um, I started um, cutting everything that like the carbs out maybe a little late, so I was carrying a bit more weight than usual. But not only that, um, you don't get no allowance for the title fight, so you have to lose an extra. It's an extra pound or something, yeah, and yeah. it was the last pound. What the extra bit that my body was struggling to get rid of, right? But um, I got there in the end, like so. Yeah. The um, when it comes to weight cutting out, do you do it? Do you water load or water load? Yeah. Um, a week out, scope to nine and a half liters of water a day, um, and that just it does something to your body. It just makes you push all the water out last yeah. minute when you need to, um, and gets rid of. It, it takes away your appetite as well, so you can keep your diet restri- um, restricted so it is it is a good way of losing weight yeah short term of course in terms of um you know what i want to come on to your motivation and everything in, in part two of the show but you know you, you see my response when i seen you there i was going ballistic on saturday night but you know when i when i met you here at the studios today i was like give me the belt you know i, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't shake your hand quick <laughs> enough i was so happy for you what what's the response like been like with family and friends Oh, it's brilliant. Everyone's made up and proud of me. So um, I made up. I just made all my friends and family proud because um, it's behind the scenes. They they have to put a lot into it as well because obviously you're not the same person when you're leading up to a fight. So you need the right people around you yeah. that understand what you're going through. What's the family setup like at home? You know, have you got, have you got kids? Are you married? Have you got you know? Is are your mum and dad massive fans of the I've sport? Got, I've got kids to my exes, but um, yeah. Um, but we get on. I've got. I see the kids all the time. It's great. They must be proud as punch yeah, of dad. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, yeah, they love it. I bet you they all walked into school Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm on the phones. There's my dad there with his new belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, especially my daughter because she's ten. She was made up. She loves watching it. Brilliant. Did she go at the weekend? Was she? No, do you allow she her to watch w- it? No. Yeah, she just watched it at home. Watched yeah. it on the telly with her mum and uh, my mum's boyfriend. So brilliant. She, it was good. It was good to see. Yeah, I think, um, as you say, the journey you've been on in your career, and we'll come on to that shortly, but the journey you've been on to get here, you know, especially from family and friends who love you and have been with you on this entire journey, for them too, it's kind of like validation. You know, you've dedicated your life to to martial arts, yeah. and there's the validation on Saturday night. There you are lifting the gold belt above your head, a belt that, you know, regardless of what happens from now out, no one can ever take that away. You no. know, you are currently you are the Cage Warriors middleweight champion of the world, and that's yeah. something that very few people have achieved. It is. It's really big, and to me, this is the biggest title in 
the UK yeah, but one of the biggest in Europe so it means a lot to me I'm amazed Sensational stuff Listen you're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk coming up in round two uh, I'm going to be continue chatting away to the butcher. We're going to talk about the rest of the card at Cage Warriors at the weekend. I'm going to ask him about his motivation. How has he stayed involved in this sport so much over the years and come over overcome so much adversity? And then later on in the show, we're going to look ahead to the weekend coming up, the massive one. Obviously, something that Lee's going to be thinking about now, the UFC middleweight belt. We've got to start talking about that now, that he's already got one middleweight belt wrapped around his waist. We're going to look ahead to Michael Bisping against George St. Pierre coming up in New York on Saturday night. Stay with us. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm Nick Pete, and joining me in the studio tonight is the new Cage Warriors middleweight champion of the world. The but- That was a terrible impersonation of Bruce Buffer or something, <laughs> wasn't it? The Butcher, Lee Chadwick. And Lee, let me tell you, listen, heading into that fight, anyone that's living under a rock and they walk into the Echo Arena on Saturday night and they pick up a programme for the event and they look at the middleweight title fight and maybe they've watched a lot of boxing in their time so they think records matter and they see a kid with one loss on his record on one side of the, in the cage and on the other side of the cage is a guy with a 23-13-1 and one record and the way we've been bred with fight sports because of boxing over the years, you would think, oh, right, okay, well, that guy is obviously a bit of a journeyman and this guy's a young upstart. But listen, that's not MMA. That's not how MMA works. Records are for DJs, quite literally. Yeah. It means nothing. But it's easy for me to say that. But for you, someone that has got double figures, losses on his record, how do you stay motivated to get that belt around your waist? Just persistence is the key. Keep getting back in the gym. Keep working on your mistakes. Take it on the chin when you take a loss and just move on from it. Use it to make you stronger. You learn, you move on, you get stronger, you come back, you don't make the same mistake again. During your career, Lee, there must have been coaches, maybe even family members, ex-partners or whatever, that might have that might have said to you, come on, you know, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right choice in life? Do you, know, do you not just want to go and get a job and a, a steady wage? You're chasing a dream that may be out of reach. Whenever there was doubts like that and came your way, was there any ever any times where you thought, mm, maybe, or, you know, is it that single-minded focus, do you think, that's got you here today? It's just a love for it. Um, it's just a passion. I do it because I love it. Don't do it for the money. Don't do it for nothing else. I do it because I love getting in there and testing myself against the best. So, yeah, it, it never fazed me. Um, there's obviously been ups and downs throughout the career, but I just take everything in my stride and keep coming forward. And I've, I've, I've always been lucky enough to have a job anyway, so the bills are paid, so I was doing this for the love of it. Yeah. You, you, for me, you come from a, like a similar era to... The one that's kind of behind us now, the, the Terry Etam, the Paul Sass, the Paul Kelly kind of era of, of fighters from this city. Yeah, all those guys, okay, they made it to the UFC, but they've all gone now. They, you know, they're all yesterday's news. They no longer compete. You've had the longevity to outsee them all. And now you're the one sitting here today with a world title belt around your waist. I think that speaks volumes about you. Yeah, yeah. It's just um, never quitting. Never quitting and just keep doing what you enjoy doing so you can't do it anymore. Yeah. It certainly, it certainly feels like that. Haven't followed your career. The uh, the belt, of course, is sitting there proud as punch. It's sensational. But you know, we talked about this just a second ago as well. The belt stands for something. It stands for something much more 
done just you know the Cage Warriors Middleweight Championship, mm-hmm. sensational stuff. You know, for for me, it's it's kind of like on a. Is it on a par with it? A European? I'm trying to equate it to boxing. It's like kind of like winning a European title, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of being the best middleweight in Europe. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's as big as. So in in those regards, the doors it opens now. Surely that's something. Going into this fight, I'm sure your single mind focus was that belt. But now we're coming out of it. Now we're a couple of days removed. I know it hasn't still hasn't quite sunk in yet, but a couple of days removed. Surely now you're starting to think, okay, what's next? What's yeah. the next step? Yeah, definitely. Um, in my mind now, um, I've, I've heard rumours about the UFC coming over to Liverpool um, next year with Dad and Till. So hopefully that's um, that's going to be my focus. Um, hopefully I get a shout out for that. Yeah, we had Dad and Till on the show last week, and um, after he'd been to Gdansk, obviously, and the uh, that was the first thing he said. He was like, you know, I want to do what Conor McGregor did. Conor McGregor kicked the UF, dragged the UFC back to Dublin, kicking and streaming, and in doing so, half his uh, his teammates. At SBG got signed up, but more than that, other fighters from around Dublin got signed up. And 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 speaking to us in the show, Darren was saying, "I hope now." He said, "We haven't got a massive team at Carbon." He said, "But I hope it it open locks the whole city." He said, "You know, everyone in the city that's that's at that level, that's at the top level, should now get signed by the UFC, and there's certainly doors that can be opened." And you know, you're holding the belt there. That unless I'm mistaken, the last three middleweight. Cage Warriors middleweight champions yeah, are all competing in the UFC yeah. now. Without a defence, yeah, straight to the UFC, yeah. Of course, so if the UFC... It, it, I know I'd spoken to Paddy Pimlet, you know, I think it was last year, and, he, and I'd said, you know, what about the UFC? And he said, well, maybe the UFC have called, maybe it's just not the right time for me yet. And I was like, that's that's a wise decision on, on young shoulders. It isn't the, probably isn't the right time for you, it certainly wasn't then. But for you, Lee, that's completely different. Now is the right time. You yeah, know what I mean. You've yeah. paid your dues. You ain't. You're not a young lad trying to earn his way in the game. You're someone that, for me, it feels like you've been finally got a break, and you took that break and you took that opportunity with both hands and just run with it. Yeah, that's it. Just um, I seen the opportunity at the beginning of the year and I worked worked my backside off to get to the top. The uh, obviously Chris Fishgold competed at the weekend as well. He also defended us. Is uh, is Cage Warriors lightweight belt first round finish for Chris? Uh, another one for me, you know. Surely it's time for Chris now to to make that step over to the octagon as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I don't even think I've heard of anyone defending the belt three times, have they? No, I don't think so. Not in Cage Warriors. And to be honest, in the aftermath of, of Saturday night, Chris was saying, uh, "I don't even want to stay at lightweight. I'm going to move to featherweight." Chris Fishgold as a featherweight. Surely that should scare the life out of every yeah. featherweight walking the planet right now. <laughs> yeah, big, big featherweight life. It's isn't just, it? <laughs> it's bonkers. But then again, you know, I, I, Chris, as, as far as I know, Chris doesn't have to pretty much kill himself to make weight. He makes weight pretty easily. Yeah. And, you know, and, I, and last week and, and now today, today, I've got two people in the studio, two, two, uh, two guys with real, realistic UFC ambitions. Who are massive? Darren Till is the biggest welterweight I've ever seen, and as a middleweight, you're massive. You're not the tallest fan in the world, but you're thick. You're built like a a rugby player. With Chris, I think maybe Chris is seeing you and seeing the likes of Darren and going, you know what? If I can do featherweight, then I'm a monster at featherweight. Yeah. Because I think when you get to the UFC level, especially, every advantage counts, doesn't it? You know, it you does, need to yeah. be you need to be at the top of your game. A lot of people drop weights when they get to the UFC as well, though, but. I think you've got to stick at what what you used to, what your body's used to, and what you're best at. Yeah. Because um, you can take something away from your game if you just take that extra few pounds off. It makes a big difference on your body. Of course. 
Uh, speaking of UFC coming to Liverpool, of course, Cage Warriors have announced that they're coming back to the Echo Arena in February. Um, you know, with UFC, if nothing kind of happens there, would you would you look to make a defence back in February at the Echo Arena? Oh yeah, definitely. I'd be, um, long before Christmas, I want to have a goal for next year. I want to know what I'm doing, what my first fight is. Just gives me something to aim aim for after Christmas. When I'm sitting there eating all the crap. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking into a big turkey dinner. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first thing you got stuck into on Sunday? Are you, um, are you, are you a foodie? Would you would you describe yourself as yeah, a big foodie? Yeah? I love I love my food. To be honest, I had um, I had a chippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd had a chippy for weeks and weeks and weeks and I thought it was just a sausage dinner, plain sausage dinner. <laughs> the things that you take when you're um, starving for the week cut. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? Do, yeah. During fight camp, then what's what's your go to meal? Um, as a cheat or no, no, just as your as your normal well, every day, and then do, are you someone that does a cheat? Do you have a cheat once a week or? Yeah, like once a week, just have an extra um, say five hundred calori- calories in a meal, um, just to f- fill you up. Really, do you know what I mean? Um, but this this fight camp, I had a sponsor, Vigor. Um, food food place in St. Helens. So they supplied all my meals, so it was a good variety. Yeah, Three yeah. or four meals a day, um, different each meal, so it, it wasn't too bad at all the diet this time. Of course. The uh, the Echo Arena as well, as I say, the atmosphere was amazing on Saturday. You've got potential UFC there. You've got Cage Warriors definitely coming back in February. It certainly seems to be a happy stomping ground for yourself, mate. And it does, mate, yeah, and it's great to be in my hometown, just on my doorstep. Yeah. It's nothing better. What is it about walking out at a, you know, as I say, I, I watch a fight at the Olympia and everything else, but, you know, there's there's a massive difference between a venue like that and, a, and an actual dockside arena yeah. where concerts are and everything else. What, what's it like backstage? You know, is the atmosphere different? Um, it's just big. Every, it's just massive backstage. It just seems a lot different, a lot more space everywhere. Um, a lot more professional cameras everywhere. It's just, it is, it's electric. Yeah. Is this something that... You know, you you feel like you've you've missed in your career. I know you said when you came to Cage Warriors, you were like, I'm so happy that I'm with a, a completely professional outfit. This is the platform my career's been waiting for. Yeah. And, yeah, and you've certainly blossomed there. Yeah, I feel like um, I come at the right time because um, there's been opportunities in the past when I wasn't ready. But um, at this time, I feel like all my years of experience and fights um, have turned me into the fighter I am today. So I felt like I was ready to get on that platform and rise to the top. Yeah. Do you, are you someone that suffers with nerves? No more than usual. Um, get nervous, but it's it's a mixture of emotions. It's excitement, um, nerves. Um, it's just a bit of everything. Just little butterflies in your stomach, the normal stuff. Yeah. But um, I like nerves because I know I'm ready. It yeah, switches yeah. you on, it gets everything fired up. Um, you, you, know, you know you're ready when you're nervous and you feel, you feel that adrenaline rush. Is there a way that you control it, Lee? Is there something that you've mastered in your mind? Because, you know, we, we you know we both know. I bet you we could both count on both hands the amount of lads that you see in the gym and the killers, absolute killers in the gym. But then as soon as you get them out in front of a crowd, you put a camera on, or even just some lights, they they just can't do it. They just fall apart. They they psychologically let themselves crumble. What have you learned to do over the years that keeps you switched on? Just um, focus, positive thinking. Positive thinking, visualization, all that stuff. Um, constantly visualizing winning, succeeding, not getting the ne- letting the negative thoughts into your head. It's just a matter of um, mind control for yourself. It's uh, it, obviously been someone that's been around fighters for you know best part of twenty years. I love speaking to them to find out 
how they deal with it because I, I truly believe that professional fighters, certainly at, at your level, um, it's not really, it's something that can't be nurtured. I think you've got to be born with it. I think you've got to be born with that ability to to want to compete on the highest level, whether that's you know just 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 flat cold bravery or whether it's kind of you know just a love of fighting. I don't know what it is, but I, I think to be able to do it on the big stage and you know for yourself, you've got the biggest stage possible and you're fighting, competing, and performing better than you've ever done before. Yeah, I feel like I've stepped up to the occasion. Um, which has been brilliant. Like I say, I just feel ready now, ready for the, all the best. So um, I'm in that place now where I can get the opportunity. The uh, your confidence level now should be through the roof. And as you say, you know, as the stage has got bigger, you've gotten better. So the obviously the logical step next, we talked about it earlier, would be a step up to the UFC. That's got to be something that now you've got the belt. You're thinking about it. Well, what would that bring out of Lee Chadwick then? You know, what what version of Lee Chadwick will we get on that stage? Hopefully, even better. Hopefully, even better. Um, like I say, like I say, as as the um, stage has grown, I've grown as a fighter. So, yeah, I feel like I've rise to the occasion, and I'm going to keep rising. The uh, in terms of the UFC as a brand, you speak to a lot of young fighters. You speak to the likes of Paddy and and Dan until young guys who are, who are quite new to the game. Um, and they've grown up with the UFC. They don't, they don't know the game without UFC. They've, they've always been around it. The UFC have always been like the Champions League. But I know from your background, when you started MMA, the, the UFC weren't even the biggest promotion in the world. I know. Um, so what's, what's your mentality like with the UFC? Obviously, you, you would one day aspire to be there, but you know, the, it's not like you started MMA going, one day I'm going to fight in the UFC. No, no, just wants to jump in and have a go. When I first started, <laughs> <laughs> that looks like fun. I'll have a crack at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it was. <laughs> but the octagon now, of course, as I say, it is the Champions League of the sport. You, you know, you wouldn't be a, a competitor um, if you didn't have aspirations to go there. Um, you know, have you spoken to? Your, do you have a management team? Have you spoken to them? Are you, you know, are you kind of waiting for a call now, or are you just kind of? You know, just just enjoying being the Cage Warriors champion. Yeah, this week I was just having a week off. I haven't been back to my team yet. Um, I was just going to have a full week off, let it sink in, chill out, eat some food, and then next week get back to training, start learning, and then speak to my coach, yeah. see what we're going to take on. Is your coach, is he, does he manage it as well, or do you have your manager? Yeah, he yeah, manages yeah. me, yeah. Darren Morris, he does, does everything really, so I'll speak to him and he'll... Um, He'll let me know what he thinks we should do moving forward. Yeah, and also I know you're someone that's been around the UFC. You've cornered in the UFC. I've seen you around the octagon and everything else. And um, is it kind of a little bit weird now to think you know you're going to be getting your own? The chances are you're going to be getting your own V-box track suit with Chadwick yeah. on and the, you know the Union Jack on the sleeve and all that kind of stuff. Does even the, the thought of that is it st- still seem a little bit far fetched or? It's, it seems a lot more realistic now than it did last week. <laughs> yeah, just I feel a step closer. So, um, yeah, no, it sounds amazing. It'd be brilliant just to um, be there for the first time after watching it for so many years and cornering people for years and stuff like that. It'll be a different story once you're in the front. Yeah, again, you know, it's I don't know what it is with your career, Lee, but it just seems like you you paid your dues for so long. It just seems like the stars are starting to align. Does it feel like that yeah, to yeah. you? 
It's like if you'd if you'd have gone into the UFC five years ago, you would never have fought in Liverpool or, or for Cage Warriors at the Echo. You would never potentially have been on a the first ever UFC card to be in Liverpool. Yeah, I know, I know. How times have changed. It's mad, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it is like a, a crazy journey. It's a bit surreal when you think about it. I haven't really thought about it too much, to be honest with you. I've just been, um, I was just made up to get the weekend out the way, all the way cuts, the the stress of the fight and the build up and the anxiety coming out and all that's gone now. And it's just like a relief and relaxed, can chill out, look forward to Christmas and have a good year next year. Yeah, fighting. definitely. Of course. Uh, coming up in part three of the show anyway I'm going to chat with Lee about this weekend while he's chilling out while he's filling his face while he's <laughs> eating his Sunday before he eats his Sunday dinner actually uh, no doubt all MMA fans eyes are going to be on New York with UFC 217 with Michael Bispin um, Clitheroe's own takes on George St. Pierre defending the UFC middleweight belt a belt that next year Lee Chadwick's going to have his in his own <laughs> sights let's be honest uh, stick with us you're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Now, connect with us online. We are across all social medias. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we are on Twitter. We've got a brand new Facebook page because, as you probably know, if you listen to our boxing show, we got kicked off Facebook because we were robbing other people's videos. So there's a lesson for everybody. Don't rob videos and put them on your Facebook account because they will kick you off. So please, if you used to follow us on Facebook, Jump back on there, give us a follow. Uh, we are at Fight Disciples. You're joining me back in my studio now for part three of my sit-down with the one and only, the new Cage Warriors middleweight champion, Lee the Butcher Chadwick. <laughs> and that it doesn't say, it doesn't get it. You can say it as many times as you like, Lee, and it just sounds better every time. It does get better and better, that, That's it, it. <laughs> the middleweight champion of the world. Sensational stuff. Uh, if you just join us, you've you've missed the fact that we've reviewed the big Cage Warriors 88 card from the weekend. We chatted about everybody. Chatted, of course, about this man's sensational win. But looking ahead to this weekend, and you know we're, we're looking at this with different eyes now, Lee, because as an, a current middleweight world champion, you've now got a vested interest in another middleweight world champion this weekend. Obviously, Michael Bisman fights GSP at UFC 217. That's in New York. Um, Michael Bispin's career, but again, this is bonkers, kind of similar to your only. Go back a couple of years. If someone had said future world champion there, and looking at where they were in that stage of career, you'd have gone, you're messing. You've got no yeah. chance. Yeah. He, he's been persistent, hasn't he, um, Michael Bispin? He's been up and down. He's had his ups and downs, and he's just kept grinding forward and believing in himself, and now he's at the top. So he, he should be proud of him, hats off, hats off to him. In terms of fighting uh, fighting alone, what, what, what does Bisping do so well that's got him to where he is? Um, he's a cardio machine. He just keeps coming, keeps throwing punches, doesn't stop fighting. So I think he wears people down. Yeah, just breaks them down mentally. Yeah, breaks them down bit by bit over the full fight. His longevity in the in the UFC, I think most people that follow UFC are obviously totally aware of who Michael Bisping is. He's been a true pioneer for the sport, you know, for certainly for the UK. Uh, obviously, he went over there, he won tough. I know Ian Freeman had been in the UFC previously, but he was, Bisping was really the first star that we had in the UFC. But similar to yourself, you know, there's been many British fighters come and go since, but Bisping's still there, he's still been plugging away. And the last 18 months, been a fairy tale. Yeah, his, his work ethic, his work ethic is unbelievable and it showed everyone. Um, if you work hard enough, what you can do and how long you can stay there for. You're there as long as you want to be. 
Yeah, as long as you're committed, is that? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, once you lose the love or the commitment um, to strive forward, that's when you start. That's when you fade away. But um, Michael Bisping showed that if you're persistent, stay at the top. Yeah, keep on pushing. Yeah, exactly. When he got that, obviously the fight with Anderson Silva down in London, I was at that fight. That was incredible. You know, the, the, how he continued in that fight after basically getting knocked out at the end of yeah. the third round with that big <laughs> flying knee. Uh, and it, luckily it landed just after the bell, so he was able to try and carry on, which he did. But he won round four and five. Like, what, what goes through his mentality when he literally doesn't know what day it is? Yet yeah. he's still got the ability to push Anderson Silva back and win two rounds. Yeah, he's just a warrior, isn't he? Just a warrior, just um, worked out after after that knockdown. I think he realised that he was on um, that he was lucky to be still in the fight, so he gave it his all. And yeah, well, he had nothing dice. to lose after that. Yeah, do you think that's something that a, a, a lot of MMA fighters, certainly not not necessarily young fighters, but you know, a lot of fighters that it seems to be when they when they get to the UFC or maybe they win a cage warriors belt. You know, they get to a certain level. And I don't know whether they think they made they've made it, or whether they kind of think, okay, well that that's as far as I can go now. People, do they put limitations on themselves? Maybe they do. Um, I think you've just got to keep that hunger. It, no matter, every fight's as important as the next, and you've just got to treat treat it like that, and keep pushing forward as hard as you can. You've got to keep that hunger, that fire burning inside. Yeah. What what's the key to that for you then? How how do you keep that fire burning inside? Certainly now as you're about to enjoy a lovely Christmas. You know, chances are, if, if the call doesn't come, you're going to be on the Echo Arena card, the Cage Warriors in February, I would hazard a guess. How do you keep motivated? Knowing the belt's sitting there, have you got to try and think like a champ- a challenger still? I, to be honest, yeah. Um, always thinking like a challenger. Um, I just forget about the belts and just concentrating on the next fight. Um, the belt's being done, that's a goal that I've reached, and now I've got to move on to the next goal. Yeah. It, it's funny how Bisping kind of has overcome similar obstacles you know so many times he he, he would suffer a defeat at what seemed like the final hurdle he would put good wins together but in the final eliminator in the eliminator for a title fight he would fall short yeah he fell short a few times didn't he he did and it, it was like at least three times and it was like you know he just had to win that fight and he got a title shot yet when he eventually got the shot he got it with 20 days notice you know, and then he gets in there, he knocks out Luke Rockhold against all the odds. No one thought that was going to happen. I Nobody, even, the, even Bisping's own corner team probably thought that was the wildest <laughs> of their imaginations. Yeah. But as you say, it's that it's having that mentality to just keep going. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He didn't give up. And um, like I said, he fell at the last hurdle a few times and just kept getting back up, brushing himself off and moving forward. Yeah. What are 18 months it's been as well so far for him? Anderson Silva. Hall of Fame legend beaten. Luke Rockhold knocked out in the first round to win the <laughs> UFC belt. Dan Henderson avenged in Manchester four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Avenges that knockout, which you know we that knockout's like a highlight real knockout for the UFC. Everyone's seen it yeah. when Bispin just gets completely and utterly sparked. Yeah. One punch knockout. So that's avenged as well. Another Hall of Famer, by the way. And this weekend he fights GSP. Well, if he beats GSP, is that the best run? Of anyone in history, Probably, yeah. three Hall of Famers and a <laughs> world the champion. Hall of Famers gone off the wall. <laughs> it's just insane, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's crazy, but um, he looks good to do it. He looks good to do it. I'm looking forward to seeing that fight. See, I think it's going to be a massive mental match, um, mental match um, between the both of them. So whoever's the strongest mentally is going to take that fight. 
obviously George St. Pierre is the former welterweight great. He retired from the sport just over four years ago now as welterweight champion. Why Why do you think he's coming back at middleweight and, and why? Because he could have come back, let's be honest, he could have come back and fought Tyron Woodley. Yeah. So why is he coming back as a middleweight to fight Michael Bisping, do you think? Maybe because it's his first one back. He wants to... Um, it, there's less diet involved. He can be a bit heavier. Obviously, he's been out for time, hasn't he? So maybe he's got to bring his weight down a bit slower because he was always a big welterweight, wasn't he? Yeah. Really big welterweight, So and he, he's muscle-bound. So maybe he just wants to make it a bit easier on his body for the first time in. Yeah. The... Um, you know, to come back... Straight into a title shot. You know, anybody else, you you would probably you would probably say it's unfair. But it's GSP he walked away as champion. He's kind of in the right as need to come yeah. back and walk straight into a title fight. He has, yeah. And people want to see if he's still got it, so it'll sell tickets. Yeah, just people interested to see what he can do now. Whether he's still the same fighter, if he's still got that spark, if he's still got the wrestling he had and the um, strategic fighting he does in the cage. He breaks fighters down um, cleverly, so it'll be good to see if he can still do that now. Four and a bit years out of the sport, though. You know, it's not like... It's a long time, isn't it's it? A, it? It's a long time for any sport, Lee, but never mind MMA. This yeah. is a sport that moves at rocket speed. Yeah. It develops so fast. You know yourself, you, you're about to have a, a week or two off the gym, and I bet you when you go back, you'll feel like you're off the pace completely. Yeah. So for someone to be away for four and a half years, and I know he's a, you know, he's a dedicated martial artist, I get all that, but iron sharpens iron, and if you're not in there training properly, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, you're going to get a bit of ring rust, definitely. Definitely, so um, I think he's going to want to get a feel of the fight before he steps it up in there on Saturday night. Is Bisping the perfect opponent for him now in terms of GSP's style? Bearing in mind he likes to shoot for that double leg. Yeah. We know what Bisping's going to do. Bisping's going to come forward and try and put him away. Yeah. You know, he's going to try and make him feel he's uncomfortable. He's got good takedown defence as well, Bisping, so that's going to be a tough test for GSP trying to get him down, especially with him being a bigger opponent than yeah. he's used to as well. And that was obviously GSP's forte, wasn't it? Yeah, Taking people yeah. down, holding them down, controlling them there and controlling the fight. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. That's what he used to win at all the time. So it's whether he can do that to Bisping, and he's got he's going to have to be super fit as well because Bisping's always fit. Yeah, he'll just keep going from start to finish. So it's a very tough fair fight for them to come back to. Of course. So Bisping versus GSP. Of course, we are so excited for this fight at the weekend. But it's not the only fight on the card, Lee. Uh, do you know what? Bisping GSP is a mouthwater because as we just talk, <coughs> talked about, then we just don't know what's going to happen. But for me, the fight of the night is Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw for the bantamweight title. Yeah, that's going to be a really good fight, Dad. I'm looking forward to that myself. Cody Garbrandt's performance against Dominic Cruz when he won the belt, for me, was just like unbelievable. One of the performances of last year. Yeah, he's just off the scale, isn't he? His intensity when he fights is brilliant. It's great to watch. The the rivalry they've got there as well. Obviously, TJ Dillashaw is a former teammate, a team alpha male. And uh, they went and took coach tough against each other. And Garbrandt was calling him a snake. And Dillashaw, he actually came out of that looking pretty good. It, it always helps from a fan's perspective, doesn't it, when there's a little bit of needle involved? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It just makes it more exciting, doesn't it? Um, gets 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 the fans more glued to the fight. It's, it's good to see. As a fighter yourself, have you ever fought against a teammate or an old sparring partner or anything like that? And how does that change your mentality going in? Um, no, not really. Um, no, I haven't. Um, we usually try and stay away from anything like that, any politics like that. So, um, but usually a lot of teammates you carry on training with um, throughout the game, 
yeah. um, you're all get on with your own things. You've uh, obviously you you say that you've moved camp during your career and stuff. Who, who are the people that you still train with now that you train with say ten years ago? Um, well, I've been with ASW for about six years now. Um, before that, it was Carl Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, when I trained with the likes of um, Terry Etten, Mark Scanlon, who were in the UFC, Paul Sass, yeah, um, and a few other good guys over there. Yeah, is from a some ex Carl Bond fighter like yourself. Obviously, we talked about Darren Tiller in the show. It's uh, incredible what he's done in the UFC, and hopefully, he brings that octagon to Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. Um, what he's done is amazing. He's followed his dream. He's visualised winning, um, and he's put put his belief in himself. And he's done brilliant. Hats off to him. He, he talks about that a lot as well. He talks about the visualisation of it. He talks about he sees it before it happens. You know, he visualised that this was going to be a big year for him. He visualises that next year is going to be a even bigger year. Is that something you do yourself that you've brought into your own game? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, it's all about visualising winning and um, trying to get the feeling you get after you've won. Um, that That's the key to it, actually believing it, fantasising over it in your head and actually giving yourself the feeling and the satisfaction of winning. And that's what I've done all along for um, this title fight. Yeah, well, it certainly worked out for you, mate. Also on action this weekend, uh, anyone that's watching this card, by the way, it's on... BT Sport. If you get, listen, if you don't, if you're not a regular that stays up to watch MMA, certainly this stuff that happens in the early hours, this one is definitely worth staying up for. Two one seven is a pay per view card in America. <clears throat> Michael Bisping, GSP, as I say, top of the card. It's an absolute belt. So he's got three title fights on there. The third one of which is Joanna Champion or Joanna Jadrzejczyk, as I like to call her. Terrible pronunciation there. She's uh, defending her belt against Thug Rose. Nama Yunus, two girls that absolutely can throw down labour. Can you can you look past the Joanna Joanna win there? She just looks like a different level, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She's um she's she's come on strong and um she looks ready for, for anyone to be honest with you. So that's gonna be a really good fight. Um I can see her performing well that night on Saturday. Someone like similar to yourself in terms of, you know, very good stand up game, great with her hands, great with her feet. Um She's recently, I think it was about a year ago now, actually moved over to Florida to train with ATT to add that grappling side to a game more than anything else. A lot of Polish fighters seem to have hit a certain level. Now, we seem to get amazing strikers out of Poland, but the grappling isn't quite there yet, so a lot of them are, are moving over to the States. Is moving, moving away from Merseyside, from the Northwest, that any, anything has that ever crossed your mind during your career? No, not at all. Um, I, I, I keep to my roots. Um, I believe in sticking with what got you there. If you get to the UFC, there's a reason you got there. It's because you had the right team behind you and the right strategy, so I, I wouldn't advise changing it yeah. for no one. Quickly, let's run through this main card then for the weekend. Let's get some predictions from you. So, uh, Johnny Hendricks versus Barashina, that, that that's the first co- fight on the main card. You know what? I don't even think we need a prediction there because I doubt Johnny Hendricks will even make one £185. He generally misses weight these days. He struggles, doesn't he? He does struggle, yeah, exactly. And Barashina is an absolute knockout merchant. So, uh, let's, put that, let's put that one on the back burner. But the next fight is Stephen Thompson against Jorge Masvidal at welterweight division. Cracking fight. Which way do you see that one going? Um, it's going to be a good fight there. I can see that getting a bit bloody like mm. Stephen, Stephen Thompson. I do. I like watching him fight as well. Two very contra- two great strikers, but very contrasting styles. One's very much a, a point striking karate style. The other one's very gritty, more of a tie striker. But you're going to go with, with Thompson and his flashy styles? Yeah, if he keeps the distance and picks him off at the end of that jab and works the kicks, um, I think he can 
he can do well like but um, he's got a tough test ahead of him with this fight uh, Women's Strawweight Championship y- Yudrizek against Namakunas yeah, I don't know too much on them to be honest with you you fancy uh, I think I think Yudrizek has just looked like a different level in this division and it'd be tough to see what Namajunas does from here uh, the co-main then Cody Garbrandt TJ Dillashaw for the bantamweight belt we talked about it then it's going to be an absolute barnstormer yeah. which way are you going to go? Um, Cody um, Cody Garbrandt I think he'll take it um, his intensity and he's he, he's in a good he's in a good um, place with his fighting at the minute he's doing really well the eyes on him Andy so, um, but it'll be a tough fight either way, both sides. Okay, especially with it being a grudge match as well. Well, exactly, a little bit of needle in there, yeah. which is what we love, and then uh, that all builds obviously towards the main event: Michael Bisping versus George Saint Pierre for the UFC middleweight championship. Let's face it; they're keeping it warm until the butcher gets there. That's all <laughs> they're doing. Uh, which way are you going to go with it? Um, I think Bisping. He, he's been active. He's at the top. He's conditioned. He's um he's fit he's ready um GSP's being laid laid out a long time so for them to come to a such a high caliber fight after such a long layoff um it's going to be really tough for them getting in the swing of things um especially the first five minutes because he's going to have that ring rust from being away for so long. There you have it. You're gonna have a bet this weekend on two one seven. There's your top tips from the champ himself. Uh, all I've got now is to say thank you so much for coming into the studio, my mate. Thanks very Sensational much. to see you with that belt. Never seen a man proud. I think mean, you know what you deserve every every ounce of it. And I hope 2018 brings you even greater riches. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.